welcome to your podcast or mine, where the creative minds behind the mic are interviewed. Now, let's get things started. Here's your host, Sherry. Hi there, welcome to your podcast or mine. I'm Sherry. Today I'm speaking with Ryan Gregg, the creative mind behind the podcast, Songs of Note. Thank you so much for joining me on the show today, Ryan. I appreciate it. Oh, Sherry, I'm honored to be here. Thanks for asking. <laughs> Why don't you give everyone a brief description of your podcast? Yeah, so I started a music podcast. Uh, it's called Songs of Note, and I started it a couple months ago. I used to be in a band for like 10 years, so we traveled. I was a songwriter and just always loved, loved, loved music. And once I left the band, that was a couple of years ago, but I still had a love for music. So I was like, man, I really want to get this out. How do, how do I keep talking about this thing that I love? And so I started an Instagram account, at Songs of Note, where I started posting about music that I like, interesting song facts, stories behind songs. I, I mean, that's just my thing. If I have any free time, I'm watching a music documentary or reading a book about a band or an artist. And so I started posting every day and ended up getting about 20,000 followers with people interacting and talking about the music and music they liked. And, and it was like, what's the next iteration of this? How can I talk about it more? What's the next step? And it was like, all right, I think a podcast is going to be the way to get that going. And so started that a couple of months ago. And for the podcast for each episode, what I'll do is focus on one song and have a guest and talk about the story behind the song, what an artist was going through when they wrote a song or what was happening in their life or their career that is interesting and kind of set up the episode that way. And then I'll have an interview with someone. And a lot of the interviews have been friends I know because I have a lot of friends who are in the music business. So a lot of them, but I've also reached out to people on, on Twitter and authors and stuff like that. So I've been able to have guests on who know more about the artists than I do. So it's made it a lot of fun. It's really enjoyable, but that's kind of what the show's about. <laughs> well, you answered like five of my questions in that Oops, statement. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'm kidding. It's great. I, I, I'm, I'm a big consumer of music myself. I used to be a music journalist. And, oh, um, you awesome. Know, so, so basically anything that has to do with music, like you said, documentaries, especially. I, yeah. I love the music documentaries. And like a couple that I've really enjoyed were Echo in the Canyon. Oh, my gosh. And Hired Gun was another one that I really loved. And, oh, um, what's, what's Hired Gun? I'm going to write that down. I don't know that one. What's that about? Um, it's a documentary about people who hire other musicians, for example, Steve Lukather from Toto. Mm. They talk about session musicians and songwriters. I'm going to check that out tonight. All right. There's also the Clarence Clemens documentary. I just went to the movie theater to see Mystify about Michael Hutchins. That was a a great documentary. Really? Oh, amazing. It gives a lot of detail into his life and what caused his death. So, mm. man, I'd love to see that. It yeah, awesome. um, it was in theaters only for um, one evening only, but it should be out on DVD in March. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Yeah. Also, there's a documentary that was on Amazon Prime about Niall Rogers, which is yeah. amazing. I, I saw that listed, but I haven't watched it yet. And Showtime just had documentaries on Duran Duran and New okay. Order. So. You're on it. Yes. I'm, I'm making notes while we're talking. That's awesome. Okay. Thank you. 
And there's also a cable channel called Epics, and they did this whole yeah. series on punk music. That was really okay, good, I too. I heard about that. I heard that was good. Okay. Yeah. Man, that's great. So, I love so it. yeah, I could talk about music documentaries all, all the time because there are probably like 8,000 more that I could recommend oh, right to- now. Oh, totally. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's great. <laughs> I love that you take a song and sometimes you speak with a guest about it. And you even got a shout out from Otis Redding regarding our coming sitting on the back of the bay. How was that? Oh, man. I'm such an Otis Redding fan and just love him so much. And so I went with some friends to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame a couple months ago. For my 40th birthday, they were like, what's one thing you want to do? And I said, I'd always wanted to go there. And they surprised me and said, we're going. And that's where we went. And inside the exhibit, there's this one spot where you turn a corner and you see it's an entire exhibit on Otis Redding. But the first thing that I saw was the remains of the plane that he was in with his name yeah. on it and, and you know, tattered up because he died in a plane crash back in the 60s. And so as a big fan, that has just shocked me. And it made me want to even go deeper. So I listened to a biography on him and got deeper into it. And I was like, man, I need to do an episode on Dock of the Bay because everybody knows that song. Everybody loves that song. And uh, I actually was trying to reach out to his widow, uh, Zelma Redding. So I reached out to her. I'm, I'm sure she got annoyed with me because I wrote her on like Facebook and I wrote her on like Twitter or, or Instagram, whatever. I was like, hey, would you take a chance to talk to me? And I didn't get any response, but I did get a response back from the, the Otis Redding Foundation. And they said, She's unavailable, you know, thank you for asking. And so I pushed back and said, hey, I just want to talk to somebody who loves Otis Redding. Can you recommend anybody? And so they're like, well, yeah, you can, here's a guy in town who has a company called Rock Candy Tours. His name's Jamie, and he might be able to give you some info. And so they gave me his email, and I reached out to him, and he was so awesome. He was, like, super knowledgeable. And so he goes around making Georgia giving tours about uh, the music things that, that happened there. And a lot of that is around Otis Redding and his wife heard that his father-in-law was actually Otis Redding's manager, which I didn't know about. Um, so he was super close to the subject and had all kinds of interesting things to say. So the way that it got shared by Otis Redding was I reached out to them. They recommended the guy, the guy was awesome. So once I had the interview live, I emailed him back and was like, thank you for, posting about it here's the link if you want to post it and here's the image you could use as well so i didn't expect for them to share it on facebook and instagram and and twitter and all over because it ended up giving me my uh, most popular episode because of their share so that was awesome yeah yeah Uh, (laughs) as a matter of fact i had gone up to the rock and roll hall of fame a few times and it's a a great experience and and the architecture is just awesome yeah it's beautiful yeah you were mentioning your Instagram page. So what got you into podcasts? Was it something that you did a little bit of research on and that was the natural progression or did someone suggest it? So I tried to get started in it about a year earlier and failed. <laughs> so I was like, what can I do to to uh, get this thing started? And I came up with the idea of, you know what I'm going to do? <laughs> I'm going to go through, tell the story of each song each episode was just going to be me giving the history behind it. And then I'm a guitar guy. So I'm going to play the guitar riffs and show you what makes it unique or, or interesting. And then maybe I would interview people. And I even was toying with the idea of maybe I just do this while I like go into a public place. So maybe I'm walking into Target telling you the history about Nirvana's Smells Like Team Spirit. And so it's in like a weird like live setting. 
I couldn't wrap my head around it. I was like, I can't do that. This is not working. So I did one episode and it was just me kind of giving the history uh, and playing the music. And I was not happy with it. I sent it to two buddies and they listened to it. They're like, yeah, yeah, it was good. You know, they gave me the nice, it was okay, but nobody said don't do it. And so it just kept going around my mind and I couldn't wrap my head around like, what's the thing that makes this possible to have a podcast about music where I can't play the music I'm talking about. That was my big hang up is like, man, I don't have the rights to play these songs because the best case for the podcast is here's the song and let's talk about it. So it wasn't until I think it was late summer this fall where there was a glitch on just my phone or Apple or iPhones or what, but when I would share a, a playlist from within like Apple music, you couldn't, and it was a clickable link. So when you click the link, it would not launch the playlist. There was a mobile device error. And it wasn't until that got fixed that I was like, okay, here's what I can do. I can't play the song on the podcast, but what I can do is I can make a playlist for every episode and make a shareable link. And so like in the podcast, I can say, hey, we're talking about all these songs, which most people probably won't know. But hey, if you just go to the show notes and you, with one click, it'll pop up on your iTunes or on your Spotify and you can add the playlist. And so for me, it wasn't until that worked that I could wrap my head around, okay, I can have a music podcast without music by saying, hey, with one click, you can pull up the songs and listen to them yourself. So that was really the thing that got me out the door and got it started was being able to wrap my head around the concept of it, I think. I mean, it, with music and the copywriting issues and, and things like that, uh, prior to maybe even a, a few years ago, there was really no restrictions as far as what you could play on a podcast or an right. internet radio show and right. the licensing. And don't get me wrong, I absolutely agree that every musician get, should get paid for every play for yeah. that they're they're getting it kind of like changed the way that people podcast so right. people had to reevaluate what they were doing and how they were doing it so i completely get both sides of it so yeah no me too well you know what i actually reached out to since our band was signed to a label i reached out to a publisher who was a friend of mine i was like hey i want to do this podcast about music what what are the lines here can i play any of this song and so his response was funny. He's like, well, I'm taking off my, my official job hat, my, my role here, and I'm just going to tell you as a friend, you're probably good if you play 30 seconds or less. He's like, I wouldn't play more than 30 seconds, but you're probably okay. And so I was like, all right, maybe I'll do that. And then I bought one of those courses on how to start your podcast for 20 bucks. And one of the main topics on one of the sessions was don't use copyrighted material even if it's 30 seconds or less because you can get sued i was like okay i'm good not using it <laughs> not using anything so even that's though ironically that. it's yeah even though ironically it's your band but <laughs> right 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 even that yeah uh -uh. i don't own it even if i played it yep that's right <laughs> right so, yeah so but you do take songs that are relatively uh, well-known, uh, like Little Wing by, you know, Jimmy Yeah, Hendrix. yeah, you, you did, just put that one out. I loved it. Yeah, you did the, the Stevie Ray Vaughan version of it, mm -hmm. and you dug deep in, into that, into the history of Stevie Ray Vaughan. And I can remember the exact time that I found out that Stevie Ray Vaughan had passed away. I was driving mm. from work. And I was listening to the radio, and they said Stevie Ray Vaughan passed away, and I just had to pull over. Wait, mm. what? <laughs> you know, oh, and that was man. like you—you are—you were you a fan of him already? 
Yeah, I liked him. I wasn't like a super fan. I I really wasn't like a deep-rooted fan of his until much later on that I like appreciated it more. Bing also does an amazing version of of Little Wayne. He does a cover. Yeah, that's right. He does. Yeah. Well, that's one of the things we talked about in the episode. It's kind of like a rite of passage for a lot of bands. Like there's so many bands that have covered this song, like Derek and the Dominoes, Pearl Jam. I mean, there's there's a cover of Def, Def Leppard doing an acoustic version that is not good, in my opinion. But it's interesting to see so many bands kind of go into this one song. It's almost like a rite of passage of you have to prove yourself, see if you can do it. But I love that song. So good. Yeah. Well, it's, it's kind of like the scene as sitting on the dock of the bay. Everyone does that. So That's how true. do you record and edit your show? Sometimes you're doing it on your own, so the process is probably a little bit different. But when you're doing it with all the elements included, like having a guest on the show and creating the show notes how do you do that from beginning to yeah end? yeah that's a great question well so i have two ways of doing it one is i'm doing it in person or two i'm doing it on the phone it's a lot easier to do it on the phone it's more the, the sound quality is way better in person but i also feel like there's more things that can go wrong because i had like a, a cable go bad once and it was a bummer so if i'm doing it in person it's setting up a time a place a quiet spot and make sure that they are aware of where to meet and, and that kind of thing. So that's less frequently. More frequently is setting up a phone interview, and that's going to be me being in a quiet room uh, with a good mic that I got, uh, sure SM7B. I think that's just it was a good one I got earlier this year, and uh, record the show through like a Skype thing, and then I'll go through. And when I do it, the best is when I end the episode or in the phone call, and then record the intro to my show right there right after the call is over that's when i feel best about it but i don't always do that so a lot of times i'll just record the call and then i'll come back later to edit and revisit it and then do the intro but honestly it comes down to like recording the episodes and then getting to the editing and it's usually like on a sunday night or a monday night and i wait till the to the end because i'm trying to put it out on like tuesday or wednesday so unfortunately i've been a procrastinator in trying to edit the thing but I do have like a template set up. I edit in Logic Pro on my Mac. I have like a template with the intro music, the intro and the outro, and then all the settings. So I'll just drag in my pre-recorded audio and then just start, you know, cutting it inside of there and, and try to cut out the parts that aren't interesting or where there's an audio flub or whatever, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So how often are you releasing episodes? Do you have a set schedule on what days they're put out or is it um, just based upon your schedule? I'm trying to do it every week. I'm trying to do it once a week. Over the holidays, I missed on uh, New Year's Day. But other than that, I'm trying to do once a week. And I've been trying to do Tuesday mornings, but I'm not uploading it until like Monday night. And the delay time from when I upload and release it to when it actually shows up on iTunes has been funny. It's not immediate. It's like a 13-hour delay. So I've been trying to release uh, once a week on Tuesdays or Wednesdays. So what does 2020 have in store for the podcast, or do you have any goals for yourself in the future? Yeah, yeah, great question. So I love getting to talk to, to people about the music, but really my goal is to be able to talk to artists about the music. So my goal would be to have a big enough following that it would warrant like an artist coming on and agreeing to be on the show. And so, I mean, gosh, for every ask, for every interview I've requested, I get maybe one or maybe it's one in 10, maybe one in 20. I'm not sure. I feel like I've asked so many bands or artists or 
journalists to come be on the show, and it's just, you don't get a lot of responses. So my goal is to keep doing it and put one episode out per week and just remind myself to uh, stay at it and uh, that even when you don't hear back from a request to, to keep at it and keep after it, to keep looking for those good guests because they'll come. And inevitably, you know, people connect on music. I feel like that's when I go into a room, if I'm going to talk to somebody, I'm not talking about sports. I'm not talking about, you know, other stuff. It's usually the thing I connect with somebody on is music. So it's fun once you get somebody on the phone, you connect on the thing that you both like. So the goal is more of those good conversations in 2020. Uh-huh. Well, you know, I find with music, it's kind of touch and go also, because mm. I'm so into music, but then yep. you meet people and you're like, oh, so what kind of music do you like? Who are your favorite bands? And this is just like initial for me, because if I'm going to be friends with someone, I'd really need to be friends with someone who loves music, because that's like 80% of my DNA, you know? So, right, so right, ask, right. So when you ask someone and they say, Oh, I don't really know. I just like a couple mm. of songs on the radio, but I don't know who they're yep. by. Yep. I just want to, like, <laughs> pound my head <laughs> against the wall, like, what? <laughs> you don't get it. <laughs> I totally get that. Yeah, that's right. And I know, like, I can even think through my friends, like, in one second on, could I have them on as a guest? Do we connect in that way to talk about music? Because it's just, when you, I don't know, you, you talk about it differently when you love it to a certain level, I feel like. And I feel like you can tell that real quick when you're when you're talking to people, like you're saying. Right, right. And, you know, it's like, do you like Baby Shark? Is that your favorite song? Or <laughs> That's right. Or, like, I just finished a, a book know. on Joy Division today. And it's like, m- most of my friends probably don't know Joy Division. But the ones that do, I'm like, yes, you get me. You get me. I oh, love Joy Division. Yeah, dude. <laughs> you know, they're so Dude, good. Joy Division. Yeah, I know. Well, you know, New Order was like birthed from Joy Division after yeah. Ian, you know, Curtis's after death. Ian yeah, died, right. you know. So. That's right. <laughs> so, Which most people don't know I, that. I, mean, I was oh, yeah. I, mean, I, I could found talk that about that It was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I could hash out anything, you know. <laughs> so, hey, Sherry, if you want a guest Sherry, on, you might need to be a guest on my show. <laughs> I might be calling you back. <laughs> yeah, come okay. on, man. I'll do it. <laughs> I, I'm in. But, what are, what's your favorite, like, if you had to, like, put down one genre or band or time period, like, what, what what's your expertise or your favorite thing? You know, all the artists that I mentioned, as far as the documentaries, I love that. But my yeah. favorite artist is Prince. And the song of his that I really, really love is, well, there are two, Money Don't Matter Tonight and I Can Never Take the Place of Your Man. They're just, like, profound in different ways. So I love everything from, like, 80s hair metal, new wave, disco, R&B, punk, emo, grunge, alternative, uh, you know, heavy metal. You name it, I'm there. Oh, man, awesome. I love that. I love it. We already have a lot in common right off the bat. All right. Well, I'm going to have to ask you to come on my show because I would love that. That's great. Yeah, yeah. We could talk about everything music documentary because I, I there love you go. all of that stuff too. So. Oh, man. Um, I've, got, I've got a ton of those I would love to talk about. Yes. All right. <laughs> yeah, I gave yes, you like 20 more homework. to look up. So. That's right. I got, I got my homework <laughs> ready for the weekend. <laughs> yeah, right. 
<laughs> so uh, what do you think is the most challenging part about podcasting for you? I don't know if I'm going to answer this question for you, but is it just like finding the groove, like finding where you fit in and, and how everything fell into place? Or is there another part about it that really um, gets to you? <laughs> yeah, no, that's a great question. I think it's two things. I think the hardest part was just starting it, just doing it. Cause it was like, there was all this unknown of like, how, how do I launch it? Where do I upload and where, what's Libsyn or where is the, the content housed? Like, so that was like the, the biggest battle was just figuring it out and putting it out there. Now that it's out, it's like, okay, I've done the hard work. And now I, my mind knows here are the things I do to release an episode so I can wrap my head around it. And so the hardest part now is just trying to get people to agree for, a, you know, to get a phone call and to get it in. And that it's a, I got to remind myself, it's a weekly thing. It's an in, not endless, um, but it's a race, of a, a, a long-term race. And so when I first started putting it out, the thing that helped me get it launched as well was telling myself I'm only going to do one season for 10 episodes because I could also wrap my head around 10 episodes. I couldn't wrap my head around I'm starting a podcast that's going to come out every week forever. <laughs> I couldn't wrap my head around that commitment. So I've already done more than 10 episodes in, in like six weeks since I started. but yeah, just a reminder that, okay, this is the thing that I want to do. I'm saying that this is important to me. I want the people that like to listen to me to be able to count on it coming out every week. And yeah, it's just the hardest part is getting those yeses for the interview. Because once I get on the on the call and we're talking about music, it's like, oh, this is the most fun thing for me. So yeah, it's a long answer to your question. <laughs> and I just thought of like five other music documentaries you have to, to check out. Oh, I'm out. ready. <laughs> I've got my, my notes okay. already here. Okay, so um, I don't know if you've seen the Linda Ronstadt documentary. Oh, I haven't seen that yet, but I saw the preview, and it was awesome. Amazing. Oh, and, yeah, I'm glad you said Okay, I need to see that one. And then there's right, a Joan Jett documentary that's on uh, Hulu, I think. Okay, I saw that. And, I didn't uh, watch it, but I saw the thumbnail for it this week, so okay, that's a good one. All right. And there's one called Sunset Strip. It has to deal a lot with, like, the music of the Sunset Strip and, like, a lot oh, of cool. the. And. Yeah, there, Those are there was one that was. Ones. Yeah, yeah. There, <laughs> there are a whole bunch. But <laughs> yeah. So I think what, I, what I could your, go on and to, on. If you had to say your favorite music documentary, what would you say it is? I can't. Okay. Because. The, they're also like different and amazing. Mm-hmm. I really loved Sound City with Dave Gold. Oh, that was great. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And I loved Sound Breaking too. That was yeah. fun. Oh man, that was awesome. <laughs> Somebody gave me that for my birthday. It's just like what was it, like ten episodes or something. I mean, it's like that's yeah. like the best documentary because it's so long, but it's great. You know, I think my favorite, if I had to say favorite, it's probably the Beatles anthology, which is like a four disc thing that came out in the 90s um, yeah, and it's yeah. so long but I think that that was the first like documentary that I saw that maybe like really connect to a band with the story of what was happening that's probably my favorite uh, but I, yeah yeah the, the the art of McCartney is really good too oh I don't know that seen one that. I haven't and no. there's also one called New Wave Dare to be Different it's about a radio station in Long Island New York called WLIR, okay. and they were one of the pioneers of New Wave to uh, break into the United States. So that's all. Oh, wow. 
man, yeah, this is awesome. I've never talked to anybody who loved music docu- documentaries probably more than me or as much as me. <laughs> so this is yeah, great. So Thank you. I love it. I love it. So, <laughs> love it. Okay, yeah. yeah, and I'm probably boring my listeners to tears, but that's okay. So. Yeah, sorry, guys. Do <laughs> we nerd out on music? Yeah. So how has podcasting improved or changed your life positively? Uh, you know, I think that, you know, I've worked full time, I'm married, I've got three kids. So it's like, I feel like my obligations and commitments are already full. But what I noticed is when I'm at work, I'm giving myself to work. And when I'm at home, I'm giving myself to my kids mostly and my family. Right. So it was like, man, I just turned 40. Like I want a thing that's mine. I want a little thing that's mine. And so this has helped me, I guess it's like a hobby, but it's, it's kind of given me a, a thing that's fun that lets me pursue my interest and my passion and it's been very fun it's been enjoyable to be able to put something out and then to hear friends and family and then people that i don't know you know write on itunes comments or my instagram saying oh i never knew the story i didn't know that otis redding recorded the vocals for doc of the day two days before he died i never knew that or i didn't know that stevie ray vaughn's little wing was a cover i didn't know that jimmy hendrix played that so like hearing people find out things about music that they didn't know that they think is cool and makes them like the music more, appreciate it more. I mean, that's, that's the most fun for me. It's, I think, I think that's the best part for sure. Awesome. So have there yeah. been any resources that have helped you out along the way, like any Facebook groups or any Reddit forums or Twitter that has pushed you to, to get things started? I think that, you know, I, t- I did some searching on like podcast courses, which I mentioned, and that was helpful. So just having somebody talk through the process of what to expect in a podcast, doing the research on how to record a phone call. And I don't remember what blogs I found, but that was a lot of research trying to find the best um, stuff to use for that. But the other one that's been most useful for me is, you know, each one of my episodes is about a different artist. And so I can run paid ads on these Instagram posts or Facebook posts that I do, but I'm not making any money off the podcast at this point, right? It's all just for fun. So I can pay for ads, but there's no return at this point. So what I found that it's been really useful that other people might find useful is if I know that I'm releasing an episode about a specific artist, the week before I'll go to Facebook and I'll join all the groups, all the Facebook groups about that artist. And so if they're private groups, sometimes it takes a while for you to get, to get approved. But so like this week when the Stevie Ray Vaughan episode came out, well, I had already requested to join like seven Stevie Ray Vaughan groups last week. And so the morning the podcast comes out on iTunes, I already have my post ready. I've got my image ready. And I went into each of those groups and was like, hey, Stevie Ray Vaughan fans, I'm a big fan too. And I just did this new episode. Here's a link. We'd love to hear what you think. And then just paste that in each group. And that's just got so much traction and like people are sharing it and commenting on it and, and tagging other people in it. And so that's been the thing that's really been helpful to get more listeners. Cause you know, with the, I use something called Buzzsprout to put out my podcasts and it's real addictive to just keep seeing how many, how many listeners, how many people are listening, but to see that there's some momentum behind an episode is fun. And so to see that, that the Facebook groups sharing helps get that going has been fun for sure. Since you started uh, your podcast, have you listened to other podcasts, or are there anything, uh, any of them that you like that you've listened to prior to that? Yes, let me pull up my. I've got a few. I, I mean, my wife was really into Armchair Expert with Dax Shepard. I I listened to the podcast a little bit, which she kind of told me about. I really liked some of those, the crime 
solving podcasts like Serial was one I really liked a lot. Uh, Dolly Parton's America was the one that I liked. And then there's there's a few music ones that were good. Song Exploder was one I really, really liked. But honestly, when I'm driving to work, which is the most time that I spend in my car, I'm, I'm usually listening to audiobooks. And so it, it really has to be a series or a podcast like theme or episode or something that grabs me for, to uh, spend time listening to it because I prefer audiobooks as the main thing I'm listening to. But yeah, those are a few of the ones that I've really liked recently. So do you have anything to add or promote for yourself for the podcast or personally? I'd say if, if you want to check out the Songs and Note podcast, if you like hearing the, the stories behind songs, you can subscribe on iTunes at Songs of Notes or to come follow me on Instagram, and that's at Songs of Note. Uh, but those are re- really the two best places to send people. And Songs of Note can be found on all of the major all podcast the places, platforms? Yeah. yeah, that's right. If you go to my Instagram, which is Songs of Note, there's a link in the bio, and if you click on that, it'll pull up all the places where you can find uh, the podcast. Or you just do a Google search, Stitcher, it's up, all those places. And uh, you also mentioned the playlist and show notes, too. So yeah. I'm, I'm guessing that those could be found also on the Instagram or that link that you were mentioning. Yeah, so it works best on iTunes on the podcast, but especially if you're like listening on, on your phone, which is how I listen to it, if you just swipe up while the episode is live, then it'll have the show notes listed there with the clickable links to the playlists, the stories that are mentioned, like YouTube videos that connect back to the episodes. Those are best found within each episode, and I think it works best through iTunes, but obviously whatever platform you like to listen to, it should be included there as well. And you know, I just want to thank you, Ryan, for being on your podcast or mine to talk about songs of note and nerding out with me about music. <laughs> <the streets> too. <laughs> hey, uh, I'm, I'm honored you asked me, and, and I would for real love to have you on the show sometime as well because I've really enjoyed talking with you about music. So thank you for having me. <laughs> awesome. Thanks. And to everyone listening to your podcast or mine, we'll chat soon. Have a great day. Hey, Sasha. Hey, Courtney. Where can you get hot takes about ghosts, cryptids, farts, and cats? I don't know. Where? On our podcast, Spoop Hour. Oh, that's right. Each week, we talk about the things that spook us out, and we laugh through our fear. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Spoop Hour, and you can listen to our podcast on iTunes, Podbean, or really anywhere else that you get your podcasts. Feel free to also drop us a line at spoophour at gmail.com. We want to hear about your ghosts. Thanks. Thanks.